Well, adversity, you know what? You, you and I talked about it earlier. Adversity is where all the growth takes place. Yeah. Adversity is where your character is defined, for sure. And, and anyone of any character will tell you that. Life is gonna give you challenges, struggles. It's gonna force you to face your fears. Even though these may feel like your worst enemy, in truth, these are actually your greatest allies. My name is Lance Isios. Welcome to the University of Adversity. Class is in session, about to learn a lesson in the game. We embrace the pain, take it and we make some change. Without scarcity, I don't know where I'll be. It's how we learn and now it's your turn. Let's get Welcome to the University of Adversity. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to University of Adversity. If this is your first time here, welcome to the family. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. Today's guest was an incredible conversation, and I'm super grateful to have been able to connect with him. He's been able to create so much success and made such a dent in the fitness industry over the years that I'm just super grateful and blessed to have, you know, been able to have a chat. We connected, we we had an awesome awesome conversation and man, he is one of the nicest human beings I've ever talked to, ever connected with and you guys are going to love this. So what's crazy is sometimes when you see people's success, you read about their bios, you 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 learn a little bit about them and they're at this level that's just so amazing in business. We all saw we, we all want to achieve that and you think they're going to be a certain way. And sometimes they are, but Peter Taunton, who we're about to talk to you, is one of the most humble, kindest people, like I said, I've ever talked to on the show, and I know exactly why he's successful. So I was just blown away by how awesome this guy is, and yeah, let me, let me tell you a little bit about him. So he's a pioneer in the fitness industry. In 2003, he had a vision for Snap Fitness. You guys may have heard of it. It's all over the world to create an affordable 24-7 results-driven gym differentiated from the impersonal, expensive, big box experience. Today, there are Snap Fitness franchises, 2,500 locations, and 26 countries. It's crazy amazing. And Peter Taunton is also the CEO of Lyft Brands, but he didn't stop there. Taunt is an expert at understanding the consumer desires and fulfilling them. In the recent years, he has acquired and founded several brands to round out the consumer fitness experience. Nine Round, Farrell's Yoga Fit, Steel Fitness, I'm, I'm sorry, Farrell's Yoga Fit, Steel Fitness, Fitness On Demand, and together with the Snap Fitness brand, they comprise the world's largest wellness franchise organization serving 165 million workouts and counting. Taunton, who prior to founding Snap Fitness, owned nine America's fitness centers. He has designed a franchise development operation that is the envy of the industry. He leads with infectious enthusiasm, which attracts prospective owners from all over the world, and he provides the affordable financing, world-class support, and an easy turnkey process. Most importantly, he teaches them his own management and philosophy. Success is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react. So, you know, that's, it's amazing what he's been able to accomplish. And you guys will see from this interview how awesome he is. So if you guys get value from this, let us know, share it with a friend, leave us a review and make sure you subscribe because it's super important. I love you guys. Sit back, relax. Peter Taunton coming right up. 
Peter, welcome to the show, my man. Thanks for coming in. I'm glad we got to line this up. How about it? I, you know what? I'm, <laughs> I'm excited to be here. I love doing these things. So yeah. as I said earlier, no, nothing's off the table. Let's, let's rock this. Yeah, man. This is crazy right now what's going on. And we're at a very strange time to be alive. Like there's none of us have seen this before. Yeah. It's, you know what? It's good. It's good practice. And I have to be careful because on one hand I say, man, everybody, let's just calm down a little bit. Let's just dial it back a little bit. But about the time you do that, somebody's had something happen in their family. It's the, from what I understand, it's the elderly that are, that are more exposed to this, but yeah, it's a bad scene. It really is. And I think, yeah, the the severity the severity of it is 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 bad, but and it's very contagious. But I think if we're healthy, and this is what I try and say too, it's like do what you can do to control what you can control, right? Right. Take care of your body. Put good things in your body. Try not to eat the inflammatory foods, the sugar, the booze. Maybe it's a good time for all of us to kind of take a break. Yeah, reset from that stuff. You know, <laughs> like you know, it may be a good thing to really focus on going inward and, and, and treating our bodies right because maybe we need it. And I think when we get, you could probably agree with me too, if we come across this, this thing, the, the strong immune system is always going to win against the weak immune system, right? For sure. Yeah, for sure. And that's, you know what, you're, you're exactly right and, and, and dialing it back a little bit and just the basics of covering your mouth when you cough and sneeze like what your mother taught you when you were three <laughs> yeah. years old, right? I mean, so totally. it's just the, the, the basics, but it's, it's good practice for everyone. And, you know, when this type of thing comes, comes along in the future, we'll, be, we'll certainly be prepared for it. Yeah, it's, there's, there's always an opportunity and a positive thing. And I mean, in situations like this, I mean, even with the show University of Adversity, I pretty much have been able to program my mind on this stuff. It's like the adversity, the challenges we go through – are what's going to allow us to be better humans, stronger humans, level up. Yeah, it's true in everything. I love yeah. that level up. I, I say that all the time. It's true in everything. It's true in business. You know what? The, most of the growth that we experience in life and in business, it comes through adversity. It yeah. comes through challenging character building moments. So it's, you know, if you're going to try to find a silver lining in all of this, that's probably the silver lining that we've all had to reflect. We've all had to kind of reset and, and figure out how we're going to deal with this in our own way to, to press forward. Yeah, man. So let's, let's, I'm curious about, I mean, what you've been able to create is, is incredible. Yeah, like, it's, it's amazing. And I, I love to know, you know, how did you, how did this all start? What was it like for you growing up and was fitness always something you're into? And maybe, you know, walk us through the journey of growing up and maybe what was the biggest struggle you faced that had the greatest impact on your life? Um, well, I grew up youngest of seven kids. I have an identical twin and my life really changed for me. I, I, had, I had a typical, a typical upbringing as a child, right? When I was eight years old, my, my dad had a small grocery store in our hometown and my father was, he was a really old school guy. He still is. He's kind of a man's man. And he says, look, you're going to do one of three things. You're either going to be in school, you're going to be playing sports or you're going to be working for me right? In his little grocery store. And he gave every one of the kids an opportunity to work in a store. In fact, I say he gave us an opportunity. He really didn't have a choice. And for my father at eight years old, he had me selling popcorn out in front of his little grocery store. And 
that was a, that was a great um, learning experience for me. I didn't know today that as I as I reflect back, how many life lessons I learned at that little popcorn stand, and then working in his grocery store growing up. So wow, I, I loved it. I, and I always I always share this quick story with my dad. I remember one day he was he was he walks by me and, and walks about thirty feet past me. He stops and he pivots and he turns. He starts heading back towards me. He stops in front of me. He says, "Hey, son, how are sales?" And I said, "It's." You know, my little eight-year-old mind, I go, oh, dad, it's, it's kind of slow today, right? And I was trying to give him this big explanation. And he stops me and he says, now, I'm going to tell you why it's slow, because you're not getting out there and hustling. You're not getting out from behind that counter and, and asking people if they'd like some popcorn. So, you know, I put a new perspective on me look, looking at through the lens of an eight-year-old. And I, so I went out. I got out from behind that counter. And, I, you know, you go up and you pull on somebody's shirt sleeve. You say, hey, would you like some popcorn? I just popped it. Well, lo and behold, my, my sales doubled, right? And but the lesson there is, you know what? You you can't sit and wait to come, let it come to you. You got to go get it, and that's that's true today. It's true in everything, right? You yeah. you either watch things happen or you make things happen. Yeah, isn't that the truth? And Absolutely. it's and a lot of the times, the worry and anxiety people have is because they know they could they have more in the tank, right? You know, because they know they, they didn't do their best. I think that even in my own life, I look back, I'm like, why am I stressed about this? It's because I know inside that I could have done a little bit more yeah, or, right. you know, pushed a little more. But if you've done your best, you're like, you know, this that's is good. Right. Yeah. You're, at peace. you're at peace. No, it's, yeah. it's so true. It's a great lesson to learn it, you know, and that's why I think when, when I hear about former athletes who are playing at a high level that they transition so easily into business because the discipline that you have to play in sports, that mental toughness that I'm not going to quit, I'm not going to give up, um, it, it transcends re really well into business. So it, it, it never surprises me when I hear that. Big time. Sports teaches you so much. Doesn't it? I, I, I'm a believer in it. I grew up playing hockey. I got to you know pretty high level. I was close to going to either college or pro, very close, yeah. but yeah. – but the lessons I learned, I didn't realize at the time were going to be so valuable later on. Right. You know, being, being a kid and growing up and, and learning teamwork, learning commitment, learning respect, learning a system, you know, and, and having to, you know, what you do is all about the greater good of the team right. and, and it affects the whole team. And, you know, you're only as good as your worst player at times. Yeah, and, lear and learning how to lose with grace. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. and, and, being, and being, hum being a gracious winner and a humble, or humble winner and a gracious loser, right? Yeah. It's, I always tell people, look, who are afraid to fail. If you're not failing, you're not trying hard enough. And it's so true, right? And you alluded to it earlier. Look, I mean, you've got to go out there, give it your best in whatever it is you're doing, whether it's business with your relationship or, or whatever, or, or sports, give it a hundred percent and then you'll just be at peace. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's kind of common sense, but a lot of people did, they, they just, that, that fear and fear is a dream killer. So you, you yeah. got to get over that piece of it. Yeah. The fear is the thing that they don't want to do or they do, they know they need to do it, but they don't, want to lean into that for whatever reason and that knowing that they could because they know there's something on the other side of that we all intuitively i feel like we know facing these things that we may not want to do or we're scared of are going to be good for us yet we pull back 
Yeah, when we pursue anything, we have in our mind what we want the outcome to be. Somewhere in that process, this fear of failure. And unfortunately, some people, they tend to gravitate towards that. What is this going to look like if I fail? Now, when I'm getting into business, whatever it is, I mean, failure is one thing, but I look at the upside. But to me, if I can live with the downside, if somebody comes at me with a business opportunity, I've never seen a bad spreadsheet. I've never seen a spreadsheet that doesn't go up and to the right. You know, everything's just looking great. But I say, what's the downside? And if I can live with that downside, then that's where I make my decision if I want to take the risk or not. You know, but some people, they, they dwell on that downside. I look at it. I understand it. I understand what my risk is. I measure it. And I say, you know what? I'm going to do it because I either A, believe in the person who brought the deal to me, or B, I believe that there's enough synergy there and I have enough historical experience that I can take this to the promised land. Yeah, that's a, that's great. How important is the person behind the thing, right? Like how important is that versus maybe a great idea, but somebody that you just don't feel right with, but then maybe there's something there, but the, the per, you love the person. Yeah. So how do you I, distinguish that? Yeah, I bet on the horse all the time. You know what I mean? I bet on the horse all the time. And for me, every, everything is, is relative to how much they make. Like, for instance, if somebody brings me a deal and I'll ask them how much of, and they say, Peter, we're, we're looking to raise a million dollars. And I'll say, all right, a million dollars, how much equity will I get for my million? That's my first question, right? If they yeah. say 20%, okay, you're valuing the company at five million. How much of your own money do you have in? And then, so that's a telltale. If they're OPM, other people's money, if, that, if, that, if that's where they're at, um, that always bothers me. If, okay. if the guy who's flying the plane, who's running the company, if he doesn't have his own skin in the game, the founder doesn't have skin in the game, I'm, I, 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 that gives me a moment of pause. Mm. Um, but if he says, look, I have 50 grand in there. Now, look, if the guy's worth, worth 100 grand total and he's got half of his net worth tied up in it, Look, he's all in, right? So I, I don't, it's, when I say it's, 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 it's relative to what the person has in their bank account. If he's worth $10 million and he has 100 grand in, he's got nothing into it, right? Mm. So that's how I measure. And then, and then I look at the guys, the person's historical experience. Has he done this before? Has he led people before? Has he grown a company and had a liquidity event before? And if he hasn't, that's okay because some of those areas, I can help with them. So typically, if I get involved with a company, I like to have a seat on the board so I can be proactive and have a little bit closer view as to what's going on behind the scenes. Mm. Man, that's gold. That's, it's gold. It's, it's right? love hearing that, man, because it's so true, right? Yeah. And, and that shows you as an investor how serious the person is because if they're willing to risk it all or at least risk a lot, then, then, I mean, so, then you're willing to kind of meet them there as well. Absolutely. I'll get in there and I'm, all, I'm always going to beat them up on the, on the valuation, which is yeah. a per, a perfect it's like on Shark Tank too. I love watching that. It's a normal process, right? Yeah. So, so I'm going to beat them up on the valuation because there's a, lot of, there's a lot of road rash between an idea and full-blown execution. And execution is growing to come into a place and then taking some sort of, of capital off the table. Getting your capital back or it's like what I did with, with lip brands. You know, I've, I've taken two bites of the apple. So I still own 40%, but I, I, I still own 44%, but I sold 40% and then I sold about another 15, 16%. And now I'm sitting tight on 44%. So that's fiscal and entrepreneurial accountability. Mm. All right. If you, if you don't, if you're going to build a company, 
And you don't take some capital off the table at some point in the process when, when the timing is right. Don't sell early. I'm not, I'm not stressing that. But I tell you what, I've seen too many entrepreneurs build these great companies and then fly it right into the dirt because the dynamics within the environment, the business climate changes. Hell, look at what's going on right now today. Yeah. All right. I mean, there is a lot of people out there that are just going to get, it's a bloodbath out there. I mean, yeah. I hear it every day and I feel for them because it's not just, it's not that they're doing a bad job. It's that literally people are getting laid off. They're getting sent home, the restaurants and bars and movie theater, everything. I mean, Miami, damn near everything shut down. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. So I, I would hate to be in that space. I, I, own a, I own a camp in Africa, a luxury camp. And that camp is, our bookings are down 70%. I mean, it's mm. scary. Going, going into the peak season, it's scary. It's crazy. It's, and it just happened literally overnight, man. Right. Like I was watching, I was, I was watching an NHL game. I would have been probably a week or whatever, I, over, just over a week ago, maybe less. And then the NBA came over the thing and said they were shutting down. And I was, that's when things got real. And then right. the next day the NHL shut down. Right. That's when things started to feel very strange. How about it? Schools closing. Yeah. It's a different, what we're going through right now is regardless of how serious this is or how it, how it ends up fin finishing here, it's, it's a great learning experience for all of us. What would you suggest for people listening right now, because this is going to come out and think in like a, probably a week or two from now, and things are going to be a little worse, a little bit worse than they were when we're talking about this now. So what would you suggest for people to kind of, I don't know, prepare themselves or the entrepreneur or whoever in general, like what would be your lessons at coping with this stuff? It's, you know what, it's number one, remain calm. And I think common sense prevails. So yeah. Clearly, keep your digits out of your nose and your mouth and your eyes, right? So don't do that and, and wash your hands regularly and, and, and clearly cover your mouth when you're coughing or sneezing. That's the, that's the basic block and tackling of it. But the other side of it is thinking about, all right, how I mean, I went, I went to the grocery store the other day and literally it, the whole place was pillaged, right? I mean, there's some of the basic necessities and I, so I keep waiting to come back to the grocery store at where people have calmed down yeah. and they've gotten into a normal buying cycle. But I'm not, when I'm telling you the, the, the shelves, the meat, the, the entire meat case is empty. Most of the dairy case is empty. Yeah. The, all the, the paper products gone, no hand sanitizer. I mean, it's, it's, it's real. The, the produce department was in, was in pretty decent shape, but all the other department, produce and bakery are in good shape, but the others were, were very weak. So I think, you know, figuring out what the new normal is going to be here moving <laughs> yeah. forward is going to be different, right? It's crazy, but man. People have got to catch up a little bit to what's going on. Yeah, man. Wow, it's, it's such a lesson. I, the fact is that we don't really even know, you know, and, and I guess we just kind of got to go with the things that we can control and use this time maybe to learn new things you know, yeah. catch up, start, read a little bit, you know, work on ourselves because we're going to have all this time. And rather than be the victim, which is very easy to do, which most people want to, and obviously in the situation, it's going to be tough, but this is a real test for people to really, you know, especially people who have fought against trying to do the personal development and work on their mindset. 
I think this is a really good time for people to go, all right, maybe this is the time where we start to shift things and try different things. It's interesting you say that because I was just thinking about this the other day where when people are are being sent home. So yesterday I probably had uh, two or three friends call me that I haven't spoken to in a long time. So what what it's doing is, and, and after, and after, so last night as I'm just sitting down watching old TV, I started to reflect on just how beautiful that is, how shame on me for not doing a better job of keeping in touch with these people. And it takes something like this because people are sitting at home, literally bored stiff. Okay. I mean, so they just want to call and chat and it was so, it was so beautiful. And I'm thinking about them saying, you know what, I've got to do a better job at that of reconnecting with with some of these people that, that have been with me through this journey that have been such good friends and I have such deep respect for them that, you know, I have no excuse for letting somebody fall off the grid for a year or two years. And, I'm, and I do that. I literally won't talk to somebody for two or three years. And when I, when I see them or talk to them, I'm like, dude, how are you doing? Right? Yeah. You know, I, I suck at that. I got to get better at it. Yeah. A lot of self-reflection, a lot of time for people to, to right? become better on it. There's, there's a lot of opportunity in this situation, you know? Mm-hmm, I mean, that's sure. the only option we got is, is to really look at it like that. Yeah, I agree. I want to circle back a little bit to how, okay, because what you've created with Snap Fitness and I mean, what, so you have 2,500 locations. So I have, I have 20, about, actually it's about 6,000 locations spread across three brands. Okay. Okay. So, so if you want to get the full globe, global yeah. view. Yeah. So wow. it's, yeah, it's a big it's a behemoth of a, of a, of a, of a company, but I'm in the, you know, I'm in the right space. I want to say a couple of things. Number one, I, I was in the right space. So health and wellness, people understand there's not a silver bullet. There's not a magic pill. You've got to get after it. You got to put mm-hmm. in the time. And, and then I always say abs are made in the kitchen, right? Yeah. So, you know, you've got to eat sensibly and you've got to move your feet. It's that simple. So I think everybody, on the planet understands it. Not everybody adheres to it, but it's, it's always in vogue to be in shape. Okay. And somebody that's very, very overweight. uh, When I speak to people like that, they don't want to be overweight. They just don't know how to get out of that, that trap that that cycle that they're in. So in the 35 years I was in the industry, I had the opportunity working with some unbelievable people. Right. So I really have a deep respect, even though I started Snap Fitness 15 years ago, and I've had, you know, the first five or six employees that I hired are probably the most critical because they're yeah. doers. And I stress that all the time when people are doing a startup. I say, look, you, you've got to get people that are going to lean into it, and they're not going to be afraid of failure because you're inevitably going to experience a little road rash along the way. That doesn't mean that the plane is going to crash and burn. It's just part of being an entrepreneur. So you got to find people that can multitask because you can't hire a person for every job. Payroll is going to smoke you. So you've got to just get people that will lean in. They can multitask. They're not looking at the time clock working a nine to five. They say, look, I'm going to give this what it takes. And for that, you should give them, you know, some sort of bonus plan, you know, along that, which is what I've done my whole life. I've always been big on bonuses, holiday bonuses, things like that, because that's you know, people, people appreciate respect and a boss or a founder, owner with character. That's the, those are just the, the staple items. But when you can hit somebody with gratitude in their wallet, yeah. that, that resonates, right? Because I'm saying, look, I, wanna, I, wanna be able to, I want you to be able to level up financially with your, 
with your family or go on that trip that you've been planning or get that car that you've been thinking about or whatever it might be, right? Mm. Or, or finish that basement that you've been talking about, what, whatever, right? But you gotta, you, gotta, you gotta have a little bit of a backdraft when you're, when you're growing a company to kind of pull people with you along the way, if that mm. makes sense. Of course, it makes total sense. And would you say it's important for people to really understand your why behind what you're doing? Yeah, I think, you know what, I, and that's part of what I learned from my dad, and I give my dad so much credit for, he, you know, going back to the days in the grocery store, he was a doer, and he was not afraid of anything. I mean, he owned the grocery store, he would be shoveling the sidewalk, he'd be working the cash register, he'd be carrying out groceries, he'd be doing the books. Nothing was off limits for him, okay, and that's what I love about him. He's not a guy that says, hey, uh, uh, you know, there's something, something needs to be done. If there was, he'd get it done himself. He'd find a way to get it done. And people just loved and appreciated that about him. Mm. Yeah, that's, that energy is so contagious. For sure. Having that. You got to have, and I I think that's part of my success is you got to have people that are going to jump in the trenches with you and you've got to be willing to jump in the trenches with them. Equally as important. And it's not, even when I see an employee a former employee, you know, it just happened just a week or so ago, a, a gal that had worked with me for years, one of, one of my favorite employees of all time. And, and, and we were out and, and I was introducing her and I said, April, her name was, was April. And, and uh, the guy says, well, how do you know each other? And I said, well, we used to, we used to work together. Right. And she correct said, no, he was my boss. But I, you know, that respect that I have for yeah. everyone, look, we were all on the same team and we were all pulling deep on the oars. Right. So yeah. It's just how you, how you treat people then and how you treat them now. Yeah, people, those, those things, those just being seen, knowing right. that they're being seen and recognized right. is, is important. And, and that's so important what you said there. You know, and your language on how you speak about them. And right. that people feel that. People, people really, they enjoy the feeling of being, you know, almost – Feeling like they're equals, you know, not feeling yeah. like they're, they're appreciated and, yeah. and that they matter and yeah. that they're showing up every day. And, and I, t- you know what, I tell them too, look, it's when I'm running my companies, it's not the good ship lollipop, right? I mean, yeah. look, everybody stays in their lane. And yeah, and, uh, I mean, let's face it. One year with Snap Fitness, I opened 377 stores in one year. That's, That's opening more than one store a day. That is insane. That's so, you know what? If you came into our office. People were not running around with their hair on fire. You know why? Because everyone stayed in their lane. And, that's, and that was my job as, as the head coach of saying, hey, look, everybody stay in your lane. This is going to be work, but we got this all day. So it, was, it was cool. Dude, that, was is, a great environment. that is a fascinating stat that you did that. Like that is mind boggling. Isn't it though? I, like, I agree. That is mind boggling what you were able to do in one year. Like how is that even possible? So, <laughs> you know, what's amazing is that the, when the, when I put the systems and processes in place to open even five stores a month, yeah, five stores a month, that same system and process could do, could do 30 stores a month. You just plug in more resources. It's the yeah. same process. It's just more human resources. And, right. and, and, and everybody, and then accountability, right? I mean, and what people would hate with me, like, my team leaders, all the, all the different department VPs, when they would hate it when I'd say, look, I guess we're just average. I guess we're just average, right? 
they would have because they know I'm I'm being I'm I'm being uh, cynical about it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because I always, I wake up every day and I say, look, I am not I am going to leave it all in the field on whatever it is I'm doing. I'm mm. not I don't I don't half ass it. I'm all in, right? And everybody that falls in line behind me is all in too. So mm. we're like a bunch of Navy SEALs. Yeah, and it's interesting with franchises because it's kind of it would be the same sort of thing with restaurants, right? You want to have that consistency. Once you have that model and the standards and, and you just kind of, you can just replicate it. Right. And you just, and everybody, the person that's running it has to make sure that that quality is the same in each place. And if they do, then that's what keeps them going. Obviously. And that's the challenge. That's yeah. the challenge with a big franchise system Yeah, because you're only as good as your weakest franchisee. And, right. and it's easy when you have a hundred or two, 300 stores, it's a piece of cake. Right. Mm. But and believe me, every franchisee that comes into our system, they say, look, I'm going to be a great owner. I'm going to be one of those top 20 percenters. Right. Yeah. And, and you have to believe them because they've got passion. They speak with conviction. They're passionate about the industry. They love the fact that they're helping others. I mean, it's such a rewarding occupation to be in. But then you look at them six, eight months, a year later, and it's a lot more work than they thought it was going to be. And they they're not willing to work that hard. And mm. that's that's okay. That's a choice that they have. But that's, that's the rub in any franchise system is getting franchisees to continue to follow the play and to evolve. I tell you what, it, I mean, in the wellness space, it seems like every year it pivots yeah. some way, shape, or form, right? So if you haven't caught up, if, if you're still trying to recoup from the, from the pivot that took place three years ago, you're just, you're just dead in the water because the consumer is so much more educated today on exercise, they're not going to settle. Yeah. They are not going to settle for, for the things that are relevant today in the fitness space. Isn't that the truth? Even from when you would have started, you know, 15 years ago. Yeah. And even the, that was the, those are the days even before that when I was training for hockey. And what we knew then about fitness compared to what we know now is like a different world. Absolutely. It's a yeah. different world and the dynamics have changed. And, you know, the consumer has changed and that whole yeah. evolution just, I mean, think about how you would train for hockey today versus 15 oh, years ago. I, I, I say it all the time. With what I know now in nutrition and everything, I'd be in the NHL. Like, I, right? I, like <laughs> everybody could say that though, right? <laughs> it's probably true. It's probably true. You know, if you've got the heart and the work, you know, you can't, you can't teach heart. No. Right? You can't teach it. You can't teach it, man. You, you've, either, you've either got it and, and you've either got it or you don't. And so it's, it's, and that's true in anything, right? What's tough at that age, though, is the temptation. You know, you start to get a little better, so you get exposed to more of the good stuff. The part, you know, the girls and the kind of people start asking you for autographs at your hockey game, or, you know, like anything. And then you start to get it gets to your head, and then you don't realize that the 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 more you level up to each level, the more that's going to come. Yeah, but it's hard to understand that at that age, especially when you're a, a late teenager going into your early, you know, nineteen twenty. You think, yeah. oh, this is amazing. Yeah, right. They tell you, they say, stay focused because, you know, if you make it pro, you're gonna have this times a hundred. But yeah. it's hard for it's hard sometimes to to kind of get through that noise and not get distracted. Yeah, keep it real. Yeah, yeah keep, it, keep it real. Not get not get swallowed up by it. Just understand what's what's happening around you and what's coming. Yeah, that's so important. So what makes Snap specifically different? Like what, what is that for you in your heart? What is the thing that makes it different from the rest that's been able to, you know, catapult you to what you've been able to create? Because there's a lot of gyms. And at the time when you started this, 
you know, it was like we said, it was different, but there was still people still had gyms everywhere. You know? Yeah, and the biggest change, I mean, when, when I started Snap Fitness, what was anyone, and there was all kinds of, uh, of gyms out there with keyless entry, 24-hour access. So that, that was not the differentiator. My biggest differentiator was when I went in the market, I did not want to be another me too. So I said, no contract. And I said, we're going to deliver on our promise every day, which means that if I don't, if I, don't, if I haven't earned your business, earned your trust, you just quit. So I didn't require members to sign an annual contract, anything like that, right? So they love that. They love that sense of confidence. And, and I did it at a time 15 years ago when everybody was signing a 12 or 18 month contract yeah. to get into the club. And if you tried to break that contract, they had all kinds of fees and families to get out of it. Yeah. So that was one of my biggest points of difference. The, uh, and then just evolving with it as, as, the time, as, as time will press forward. The product that we're delivering today is night and day different from what we started 15 years ago. And that's, that's driven by the consumer, which is what we've been talking about several times here through this interview. Yeah. Um, so, and as, as, I, as I think about it now, the, the biggest change in the industry that's taken place over the last three, four years is group fitness and functional training. Yeah. And, and that's, that's where it's at today, that people, you know, the Barry's boot camps, the Orange Theories of the world, even in our class, pick your brand. Everybody's doing group fitness functional training now. Yeah, F45 is a big one too. You got it. And wearing, I'm a big advocate of wearing a heart rate monitor. Okay, oh, yeah. so we, we have a, a heart rate monitor that when we onboard a member, they wear a heart strap. Because if I can't measure your effort, I can't get you to the promised land, right? So, and, and your heart doesn't lie. You know, you can be, you can be sucking wind, sweating like a dog, right? But if that could be sleep deprivation, it could be dehydration, it could be a number of things. But your heart, your heart is your heart. So mm. when I can get you into the zone that I need you in to train at, and I can sustain that for a period of time, if I can do that and get you to just be a little bit reasonable at the home front and the, on the meal planning, I can get you there, right? Yeah. And, one, and once you... Once you get somebody educated on how to eat, and it's not about carrot sticks and celery, it's not that because that's not sustainable. You know, no, no one likes the D word, the diet word. So I'm just going to teach you how to eat clean and tell you, you know, after at three hours before you go to bed, here's the things that you absolutely need to stay away from, right? Yeah. It's just, you know, I don't care what you do at nine in the morning, but the closer you get to bedtime, if you're strapping on the feed bag a half hour before you go to bed, I mean, that's just a recipe for disaster. That's going to go right to your waist. Yeah. And it messes up your sleep too. No, for sure. It does all kinds of hormonal things too. It, it, it's, I forget the actual things that it does, but it's, it definitely not only screws up your sleep, but your, it messes your insulin levels too. No. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's just not good, but yeah. you know, I'm doing the last three days I've been doing a, a, a juice detox. I've never done that in my life. Right. Mm. So I'm on day three. I'm not ready to eat chew my arm off but um it's a uh, the, the whole detox program i'm a big advocate of it you know it's uh, yeah i'd never done it so I, I could see myself doing it once a year have now. you done have you done water fast but well, obviously not if you yeah no no fasting's no. a crazy thing it is and i just try to eat clean you know i yeah I, my stuff is you know juices and things and 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 a lot of fish and salad so i i eat i know how to eat i keep myself really fit but uh yeah, I saw you on your Instagram story. You're in good shape, man. You're cruising yeah. around. You look like you're 25 out there, man. I keep, I keep it, you know, I always say age is, an, is just a number. Yeah. So 
I'm one of those guys that I literally believe in that because I, yeah. I can do more pull-ups today. I just trained this morning. I did like 17 pull-ups. I can do more pull-ups today um, than I could when I was 25. Man, that's, yeah. so, that's awesome. But I'm, I'm just on it, but I'm consistent. And that's the big part of it. Whatever it is that you're doing for your workout jam, it's not about going in and just tearing yourself up. Just yeah. be consistent. That's yeah. it. That goes a long way in, in anything, right? Yeah, man. No, for sure. You know, so there's a lot of there, a lot of the listeners out here are entrepreneurs or you know people that are wanting to work for themselves or have a startup or whatever that is of that nature. If somebody wants to be a CEO or is a CEO, and now that you've seen you know what's worked for you and what hasn't, what would you recommend as the most important thing that they need to focus on? Well, I know you probably I mean, touched on it a little bit. But. Yeah, being a CEO. I mean, if you want to be a, a CEO, it's a position that's earned through effort, effort, effort and knowledge and experience. Okay. So it's, it's, you can't graduate from school as a CEO of a, of a company. Now mm-hmm. you can go to Harvard and, and some of these unbelievable business schools out there, but that doesn't necessarily qualify you to be a CEO. You may be great in business theory, but you may suck at people skills at people relationships. All right. So you know, the, the CEO position, if I wanted to be a CEO, it, it's a different scenario. If I'm going to be a founder CEO, or if I'm going to be somebody that says, look, I want to come in and apply for the CEO position because mm-hmm. there you need a little bit of a pedigree, right? Yeah. I, I know when I hired my successor, we went through a very extensive process to find that person. And a lot of it was based on their historical experience. How are they in times of fire? How are they with people? How are they with, with managing the, the, the next ex, exit strategy, right? So there's a lot of meat on the bone there that needs to be considered when you're thinking about that position. Now, if you're just going to be a CEO of a, you know, a little, a little corner, corner store bakery with location of one, uh, that's a far different criteria than running a large wellness brand, mm. right? So it's just like uh, being an entrepreneur. I spoke at a, at a university a, a year ago. And it, the, the class was entrepreneurship. Mm. And I didn't know. I mean, when I went to college, you couldn't take a, you couldn't take, you couldn't graduate, graduate with an entrepreneurial degree. All right. Because mm. an entrepreneur is something that you earn. Okay. You can't graduate with a degree and I'm an entrepreneur. I have an entrepreneur degree. Entrepreneurism, that, that's something that you, that comes through experience. That comes from taking the hard earned money out of your pocket and investing in something, investing in yourself, investing in an idea, investing in a concept. And there, there's, a, there's a, a lot to it. I mean, being an entrepreneur, it doesn't mean that you have to necessarily have to be successful, mm. but you have, to, you have to put yourself out there. And it's not easy, if that, yeah. if that makes sense. Of right? course. No, I guess that's what makes, that's the risk. That's, that's what makes it what it is. I think everybody uses the word entrepreneur nowadays. Anything is, everybody says entrepreneur, but... Yeah. The true meaning of it has kind of gotten lost. It has. When, when people say I'm an entrepreneur, I say, really, what was your business? That's my follow-up question. Yeah. What was your business? Mm-hmm. And if they say, well, I haven't, I haven't done any business yet, then you're not an entrepreneur. Okay. Yeah. You, you aspire to be an entrepreneur. I get that all day long. But mm-hmm. there's a big difference between, between standing on the sidelines and being on the field. Yeah, right? for a sure. Big difference. It gets real in a hurry when you're there and you're trying to – I mean – the great, the great times are unbelievable, but the, the hard times, the, the times of writing payroll when you don't have money in the checkbook. I mean, 
those gut-wrenching moments that you talk about sleepless nights, I'm telling you, man, it's, it, it's not for the faint of heart, but every, every successful person I know, everyone, and when I say successful, I'm, I, I shouldn't measure them this way, but I'm measuring them by, by the growth of the company or, or, the, or the thickness of their wallet. Every successful person that I know has those stories of, of overcoming adversity, of you know, unbelievable road rash and, and, and unbelievable discipline. Yeah. And it's just, you can't, you, one goes, you don't get one without the other. Yeah. It's when your character is truly revealed. I say this a lot too. Anybody can show up when things are great. You know, the money's coming in, everybody's happy, things are flowing, but the real character shows up when shit hits the fan. Right on. You got yeah. your staff pissed off, you know, money's First. not coming in, you don't have clients, you know, you got tech issues. How do you show up? Now, I talk about it all the time. I say, you know, accountability and discipline. Yeah. They almost go hand in hand. Okay. Because you can't, you can't have discipline without holding yourself to a certain level of accountability. And I always tell people, look, anyone can be an all-star if you set the bar at your ankles. So let's get real with what, what, what are our personal goals? What are our, what are our business goals? What are our personal goals? And, if, you know, we, we talked about it earlier about just reflecting as people. You know, I think it's yeah. good every now and then put yourself in a quiet room and reflect and say, where am I in my life and where do I want to be a year from now? Just kind of whiteboard this thing. What, where am I five years from now? Yeah. And I think that's holding yourself accountable and looking at that. I mean, some people call them vision boards. Look, I'm a big proponent of just have a plan. Don't just get up every day and spitball your, your way through the day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just have a plan and then be, be diligent with your plan. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that from all the successful people. They're so ruthless with their time and right, scheduling everything and writing everything down. And you, you start to realize, you know, talking to people like yourself and other successful people, it's, it's, they start repeating the same things. And I go, okay, well, it's real. Yeah, these are the things that, you know, set people apart. Yeah. It's, it's, it's having that organization. Yeah. And, and, you know, you talk about a to-do list. I just had a guy um, talk to me the other day about my punch list, right? Yeah. I mean, I've been, I've been creating a punch list, a to-do list since I've been 12 years old, seventh grade. Yeah, and, and I do it today. I just put it right on my calendar. Here's the things I want to knock off the, the, to, today, and if I continue to push them to the next day, to the next day, then I start thinking about them, and I start saying, "Is this really something that it's obviously not important to me?" Mm. And because every every one of them takes time, and there's only, regardless of how successful you are, we only get 24 in a day. Yeah, right. So you can't buy more. You don't. You're not going to get less. You have 24 hours in a day, take eight of it away for sleeping. I mean, that, that's what you're left with. And mm. so, I mean, having some time management and having a, a chokehold on how you're managing your time is directly correlated with how productive you are. Right. Yeah, make no mistake about it. Is there anything specifically right now that you struggle with that you're working on? In business-wise or personal-wise? Just, just in general, because a lot of times, you know, we see – people and, and they're, you know, doing well and successful and, but they're always, you're leveling up. Everybody that's successful is always attaining to level up to their next level there. And, you know, that's always a challenge. So it's always interesting for me to see when somebody's created such success, yet they still, they're still going to have challenges too. And I, I always sure. find it fascinating. It's so, it's so true. You know, even I stepped down as a CEO of Lift Brands a year ago, a year ago, January. Mm. You know, I've sold, I've, I've taken two bites of the apple. So, 
you know, I've, I've accumulated a lot of wealth. So I'm a nine figure net worth guy. So you think about it, my gosh, I mean, you're done. No, yeah. you're not done because you got to get up every day with purpose for one. Yeah. I'm always going to be involved in business. I have a lot of real estate and things. So I'm always dabbling around in some of that stuff. I'm very selective on what I do. But the, the piece that, that, I'm, that I'm really focused on now is, you know, who, how do I want to show up? How do I want to show up every day? And, and you know, I, I'm a man of faith. And I say, man, so God, you clearly have a plan for me. Because, you know, I, 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 early on, I went to school in a two-room schoolhouse, brother. Right. So hmm. it's, I mean, I, I came from very, very humble beginnings and ended up building one of the largest wellness brands in the world. So yeah. it's time for me to, so I look at it. What does my philanthropic uh, life look like? I'm single. I've been single for five years. That's that, that weighs on me. I mean, I, you know, I want to have someone to share my life with. And, you know, it's funny because when you get around a bunch of guys, sometimes the guys say, Peter, how lucky are you? You're in shape. You're a reasonably good looking guy. You've got more money than you can ever spend in five lifetimes and you're single, right? And because they think, and I say, look, I, I'm not, I'm not down with being a serial dater. I've dated m many, many women in my day, but I'm, I'm kind of past it. I want to, I want a real relationship with someone who sees my heart before my wallet. And I think everyone with, with a high degree of success like that, we all deal with it. If yeah. you're, if you're single, right? We want meaningful relationships. So that's probably what I think. I think about that a lot. I think about my philanthropy equally as much. And then, and then I think about my business. So I probably have, you know, three, three tranches that I kind of float, float around in. Dude, that is so awesome that you say that because people forget. They think, oh, when somebody makes a lot of money, all, everything is just, you know, sunshine and rainbows when it comes to relationships. But you don't, yeah, that's the thing. Like you don't know if they're seeing you for your heart or, or money or, you, and, and yeah, it's all, I mean, it's all good, but that, that is a challenge, you know? And there's nowhere to hide. Today with the internet, yeah. once they know your name, there's nowhere to hide, <laughs> yeah. okay? You can't come up, doesn't matter. And it, you know what? And you get a little bit guarded because people yeah. approach you in restaurants or wherever you are and, and you know, you're having a nice conversation because they come up out of the blue. You have a hey, nice to meet you. Hey, by the way, and then, the, and then here comes, the, here comes the, 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 what they really came for. Uh, I have yeah. this company. Would you, would you consider taking a look at it? You know what I mean? It's, yeah. I get that once a week of it. The hidden agendas. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. And it's okay because it comes with it. I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not mad or upset about it, but I tell you what, the, the downside to that is yeah. you become a little protective, right? Of course. Of yourself, right? Of course. And what's real and what isn't, you know? I yeah. mean, so, you know, I would say, I think I've got about five, really good friends that I would trust with anything, you know? Yeah. And, but my second ring of friends are probably 200. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. It's just, you know, it's how it is. I think, and I don't think I'm unique. At yeah. All. Dude, that's, thank you for sharing that, man. That, that, that's such valuable information for people listening because, you know, hearing that is just, it's humbling for everybody too, you know, because people just, People have their 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 judgment, their perspectives of people that you know are really successful, and it's nice to hear, you know, what once you get to that level, there's still going to be things that you're going to have to go through, and that's like still adversity. That is such an important thing to realize too, and not a lot of people talk about it. That's yeah. why I really appreciate you sharing that, man. So thank yeah. you for that. No, I mean adversity. When people say, "Oh, money can't buy you happiness," say, "Look, I I used to say the only people that ever say that are people with money, right?" I'm telling you for real, it's, I'm living proof of it that 
you know what? The, the world, it's, a very, it's very complicated. And how we look at the world through our own lens is as easy or as complicated as we want to make it. And I tell you what, there's nothing more frustrating than, you know, when you're saying, okay, because especially if you're a doer, you're looking and you're saying, okay, I want to fix this. I want to, I want to, how do I meet someone? Well, hell, yeah, it's, it's damn near impossible because you don't want to be that guy in your mid fifties hanging out at the bar. That's not my, that's not my jam either. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like to have a margarita as much as the next guy, but I'm not going to be that guy belly up to the bar trying to meet my, my future wife. That's, that's not going to work. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so it's, you got to figuring it all out. It's all of that. And then the, the philanthropy side, like I said, and, one of the things that I do that is so rewarding and that was just an epiphany for me I, in Miami here, I, I, get, I hop on my bike and uh, I have just a pair of old jeans and a t-shirt on and I, and I go to the local bakeries and stores and I get their uh, day old uh, cookies and cupcakes. I do that and then I, I go buy a couple of cases of water and I bought this little trailer on Amazon and I go into the hood of Miami and I just come rolling up and I tell you what, I make more friends uh, of the homeless, right? just being real with them, right? And sharing wow. stories and how do you get, I don't tell them what I do or where I came from or what I'm about. I miss a guy. And, and normally when I leave, I'll say, hey, look, uh, uh, let's say the guy's name is Eric. I say, hey, Eric, are we friends? And he'll say, yeah, yeah, we're friends. And I say, you mind if we take a selfie? So I'll take a selfie of us and then I'll say, I'll, I'll, I'll pull, say hi to my new friend, Eric, right? Yeah. All it's doing, the whole purpose behind it is bringing, bringing awareness to, the homeless situation that we have out there. I mean, it's, it is real. Yeah. These people sleeping on sidewalks. I mean, literally within six blocks, eight blocks of where I live, there's, there's homeless sleeping on the sidewalks. It's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. It's yeah. heavy. Stuff. It's a heavy load. Yeah. It's, it's, it's such an issue, but it's great that you can, you can do that because a lot of people wouldn't do that. <laughs> here's the, here's the lesson in that. The lesson, what I learned is donating money is the easy part. The hard part is donating your time. That's when, that's when it gets real. When you start mm -hmm. trying to, you're looking at things and you're, you'd be surprised at how many times you try, something tries to jump in the way of that bike ride. And then yeah. you gotta say, no, I'm, I'm doing that for them, right? Mm -hmm. So you hold yourself accountable. And if you don't, you'll kick it to the next day, to the next day, and pretty soon you're into the next week. Right. So you got to have your priorities right. And I do that more for my heart than I do for anything else. Yeah, man. Awesome, man. That's, it's powerful. I love hearing that, man. That just, it's, it's great. And people need to hear things like that. And it's easy to do. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So out of all the, this is usually the last question I wrap up because I, you know, I want to respect your time. Yeah, no worries. Out of all the challenges, struggles, adversities you've faced, what is the number one lesson that adversity has taught you? Well, adversity, you know what? You, you and I talked about it earlier. Adversity is where all the growth takes place. Yeah. Adversity is where your character is defined, for sure. And, and anyone of any character will tell you that, right? Because anyone can run a company with the wind at your back. So for me, the biggest thing to overcome is, is just believing in myself, for one. Don't let the naysayers out there tell you you can't or that it's a bad idea. If you believe it in your heart, because passion wins, right? And, and passion is what's going to drive you. And we say, Peter, how do you measure passion? I'll tell you. 
it's the first thing you think about when you get up in the morning. It's a, you're, thinking, you're thinking about it 24-7. When you're launching a company, I can tell you there's nothing more, there's not a bigger rush out there other than having children. Not a bigger rush out there than coming up, conceptualizing an idea, right? Mm-hmm. Putting a business plan around it and then executing it and then executing it at a high level where every day this thing is moving at you know, mock speed it's so rewarding and you're hiring people and you're, you're, you are literally part of the business community, right? That is unbelievably rewarding for, for anyone who wants to be an entrepreneur. So be believing in yourself and, and, and not quitting and having the discipline to suck it up when times get really, really hard because they will. That's the key. That's for me. That's, that's what got me to where I am today. Well said, man. Well said. That's good stuff, right? <laughs> Gold. Yeah. Gold, and, man. You know, and it's not unique. Like we, yeah. we talked about it. Shit, yeah. you can take, we can line up people from here to the ocean on, uh, that have been successful entrepreneurs. Every one of them has went through it. Yeah. It's, there's, no, there's no easy ride. There's no easy way out. You got to endure it and get through it. Where can we find you? Where, where's the best place to check you out, learn about you, yeah. all this good stuff? Go to the, and then you'll know why I'm not the marketing director. So my Instagram is the best way to find me. And it's just Peter underscore and my last name, Taunton, T-A-U-N-T-O-N. Awesome. That's where you find me. I mean, I post there and then from there it kind of moves over to Facebook or whatnot. But Instagram is where I do all my chatting. Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I just added you as well. My old account got, got hacked. So I had to start a fresh one. How does that happen? How does that happen? It's, it blows my mind. It happened about three weeks ago and it's, it's just like, it was one of these things, adversity hitting me. And I'm, I relied on Instagram so much. I had about 140,000 followers. I grew it for years and now it's gone. And now it's like, okay, it's like, now what? But wow. it's one of those things where you gotta, you gotta diversify, you gotta be, try and go, you know, in other spots too. And, and that's what I'm learning. I thought I, I put so much eggs in one basket on Instagram. Yeah. And then yeah, now it's no, like, me too. Cause I, that's where everyone goes for the most yeah, part. Yeah, right? man. Yeah. No, I just checked out your Instagram. It's great. Make sure I will have it in the show notes for everybody to go check you out, man. I've already, I already love your content and man, I really appreciate you coming on here. You know, this uh, was, this was a pleasure. really awesome conversation. Like I, yeah. Hey, yeah. I'll do it anytime. Yeah. I'll do man. it anytime. Yeah. I'll, you have, you ask me back. I'll come back for sure. No problem. Cool, man. Well, yeah. everybody make sure to check out Peter. We'll have everything in the show notes for you. Appreciate you guys. Peter Totten, everybody. Thanks, my man. Thanks, everybody. Make sure you follow Peter on social media. He's got a, he's got a great Instagram account. Uh, he's got a lot of followers, and he's, he's got a lot of awesome value. He's created a monster machine, and his character and the way he, he presents himself and the way he connects with people is truly, it shows his, why he's successful. So, Guys, if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button, leave us a review and share it with a friend. Any of the fitness industry people out there you guys want to hear about how to create a gym and how to take it next level franchise-wise, well, you know how to, you got to share it with them. Share with anybody who has a dream, who has a passion to grow their business to insane, crazy levels. Love you guys. Appreciate you. Life is going to give you challenges, struggles. It's going to force you to face your fears. Even though these may feel like your worst enemy, in truth, these are actually your greatest allies. My name is Lance Isios. Welcome to the University of Adversity. Classes in session, about to learn a lesson in the game. We embrace the pain, take it and we make some change. Without scarcity, I don't know where I'll be. It's how we learn and now it's your turn. Let's get it. Welcome to the University of Adversity. Adversity.